1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I have to check the screen because half the time I write the wrong verse on there. So, All right, we got it right today. That's a miracle. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. We just started this series of 1 Corinthians a couple of Sundays ago. We we're going to be going through the whole book, a verse or two at a time, and seeing what God's Word has to say to us through the book of 1 Corinthians. I gotta apologize to you guys too. I don't know what's going on, but I smell like fish today, and it's my pants. I got these pants out of the cleaners, and I I started smelling something a while ago, and I couldn't find what it was. It's these pants, y'all. So I promise you, I took a bath. I don't know what's going on. So just stay away, stay away from me. If you smell fish, I didn't come from the lake. I don't know what's going on, but it'll y'all are far enough away that it'll be okay down there. So if some of you are wondering what was going on, if you smell me, that's that's what it is. We, we started a couple weeks ago. I'll give you guys a, a brief recap of what we've talked about the last couple weeks. I know some of you hadn't been here, and we, we, we're still kind of early on in it, so I'll kind of recap. It won't take too long. Uh, but we are looking at the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, Paul, early in his ministry, uh, he began to go on these, we'll call it missionary journeys. Uh, he began to leave kind of the area of Israel where, where Jesus was and where everything was kind of concentrated. And Paul had begun to go out and really reach the Gentiles, uh, Gentiles being just non-Jewish people. Uh, the Jewish people, that, that is Israel, that is God's chosen people. God had given them uh, the word. He had given them the promise. He had given them what we call the Old Testament. They had heard the words of the prophets. That is, they knew that there was a Messiah that was going to come. Uh, and they, they knew what God wanted to tell them because God had spoke directly to uh, the people of Israel. And, and God uh, sent Jesus first to the Jews, but not only to the Jews, to everyone. Jesus himself was a Jewish person. God first sent uh, the, the good news of Jesus Christ to his chosen people. But then once Jesus died on the cross, and even during Jesus' life, it wasn't limited to just the Jews, but to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. And after Jesus had died and resurrected, we began to see the gospel expanding. We began to see Paul at the forefront of going to these non-Jewish people. Now, you didn't see a whole lot of Jews in that day and age going to the Gentiles because they thought lesser of them. They didn't think of them as equal. There were big problems there. And we want to make sure that we don't fall into that trap of ever thinking someone is lesser than us because we are all equal in God's eyes. We don't ever want to overlook a certain race or a certain group or, or a certain person because they may be different than us. They are not lesser than us. They may just be different than us. Our goal, our, our, our call as Christians is to reach all for Christ. And Paul understood that. Paul knew he was going to reach anybody that would listen. He would go and preach uh, to the Jews on, on Saturday, and then he would go preach to everybody else on Sunday. Uh, Paul was going wherever people were that he could tell them the good news. And in his journeys, uh, Paul covered a large area. He went to lots of different places. We see these places mentioned in the, in the Scripture. The books, the letters that Paul wrote, most of them were written to a place. Uh, in this particular place, uh, it was written to the, to the people of, of Corinth. And Paul had previously visited uh, Corinth before, and he had, uh, they were obviously doing good for the Lord, but he heard some things were going on. And in the beginning of Corinthians, we saw that Paul was addressing division. There was major division in the church. It was not simple disagreement. We talked about as Christians 
we, we may disagree on some areas, and that's okay. It's okay for us to disagree on some areas. We can't disagree on Jesus Christ and Christ crucified, but there are some areas that we can disagree, and it's okay. But what was going on in, in, in Corinth was much greater than, than mere disagreement. It had turned into division. It had turned into people taking sides. And that is a scary place for Christians to be, for a church to be. And so we need to guard against that. And that's what Paul was addressing at the beginning of chapter 1. And about halfway through, after he says, look, there shouldn't be this division there, he brought everything back where it needed to be. He said, here's what matters, and that is Jesus Christ and Christ crucified, and that's what I'm going to preach. He was saying, look, there's a lot of differences here. There's a lot of division here, but we need to be founded on this foundation of Jesus. And last week, we talked about that foundation of Jesus. He really preached it hard. Uh, the second half of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is an excellent uh, reading in scripture. It talks about wisdom and foolishness. It talks about not getting caught up in seeking mere human wisdom, that there is, there is no uh, fulfillment in simple human wisdom. He talked about, look, there are many people in the world that are going to say that Jesus died on the cross is foolishness. What good is that? What does it matter that a man died for me? But Paul goes on to say, look, what the world says is foolishness is really God's wisdom. And he was, he, was, he was bringing everything back to Jesus. He was saying, look, we're, we, we've gotten off track. We've begun to focus on things that are not what God calls us to focus on. And we're going to get back on the only thing that matters. And that is Jesus Christ. And so that's what we've talked about at the beginning. That's kind of the first chapter of Corinthians. And today we're moving on to chapter 2. So we'll read the text and then we'll pray. Starting in verse 1. When I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom, for I didn't think it was a good idea to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a powerful demonstration by the Spirit so that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for your good words, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us today. I pray that you clear our minds, God, that if we brought something in here, sometimes we do, dear Lord. We bring in stuff of this world, stuff we're thinking about, stuff that don't matter. Our brain wanders. We're, we're thinking about all kind of worldly stuff, but I pray that for, for, for 20, 30 minutes, God, that you clear our brain, that you protect, the, protect us from the enemy, from, from going down those, those thoughts, that you would just help us to focus on your word today, God. Don't, don't let the people hear what I say, but God, let them, let them see what we just read. Let them read what we just, what we just read. Let them hear from you, God, that you would do the work. Because, God, you're the one who's going to do the change. You're the one, the only one that can make the change in our life that, that we need. So I pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would... Calm my nerves that you would speak through me today, dear Lord, for your glory and for your honor, for the benefit of these people, God, so that, so that we can all grow in you through your word. So lay it on us today, God. Let us hear what we need to hear. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Paul says, When I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. 
So Paul is saying, I come to you to, to bring the good news. I came to you telling you, hey, look, let me tell you about Jesus Christ and what he's all about. But he says, I didn't come to you with brilliance. He said, I didn't come to you with brilliance of speech or with human wisdom. He wasn't coming trying to smooth talk him. He wasn't coming trying to be just, just big, elo eloquent, just fancy, super good, best speaker ever. Uh, and when he says he didn't come to him with wisdom, he's not talking about wisdom in general. He's talking about human wisdom here. He's saying, look, I didn't come to you professing to know all this, this big knowledge, telling you I was going to win you to the Lord uh, because of all these things that I've known, that I've learned. I'm book smart. I'm such a good speaker. And, I, and you need to listen to me so that I can uh, sweep you off your feet and I can lead you to the Lord. Paul says, that's not how I come to you at all. And that's, that's, that's good news for, for us. It's good news for me. Because a lot of times, you know, I say, man, I need to tell somebody about the Lord, but I, I can't speak good or I can't talk. God, I don't know the right words to say I'm not smart enough. And Paul is laying the ground right here at the very beginning of this passage saying, look, I'm not coming to you because I'm the smartest guy in the world. I'm not coming to you because I know enough or because I'm the best speaker. He's saying, I'm just coming to you because I want to speak truth to you. See, Paul knew that it was more important to speak, to speak truth than to speak well. And we need to be reminded of that same thing. We, we, we love to go and hear, and hear sermons where the preacher does a good job and, and all these things, and it's easy to follow. And I get it. Sometimes preachers preach bad sermons, and y'all are saying, well, we, we listen to you every week. We know all about it. I understand that not every sermon is the most interesting, or maybe not every preacher is the most engaging, but what really matters is not how engaging the preacher is or how funny he is, but what really matters is the Word of God. Not so much how well someone is preaching or, or, or saying uh, the testimony of the Lord, but are they speaking truth? Are they speaking what God's Word says? And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, I'm not coming to sweep you off your feet. It would be easy to, 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 to speak eloquently and speak wisdom and to, and to speak happy, happy and make everybody just all good all the time and everybody follow you. That would be easy to do. But what Paul is about to do in the book of Corinthians is he's about to speak some hard truth to these people. He's about to call them out and say, look, there are some things in your life that should not be there. And he's saying, I'm just going to tell you like it is, whether you want to hear it or not. And he's saying, look, it's not because I'm smart or because I'm a good speaker. I'm just coming to speak truth to you. He says in verse 2, For I didn't think it was a good idea to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's a, that's a good verse. When he says, I didn't think that it was good for me to come to you uh, and know anything among you except Christ and Christ crucified, he's not saying that he just has, has forgotten all of his knowledge or he's just blocked out everything he knows. Paul was probably a pretty smart guy. He probably knew a lot of stuff. He's not saying that all of a sudden he just cleared his mind so that he didn't know anything and the only thing that was in his mind was Jesus. But what he was saying is, as he realized, is that there was nothing else that was of any more importance. Because he knew that he was not going to win people to Christ just by speaking uh, good words and big words and, and using lots of human wisdom. You see, and Paul was, 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 was facing what the rest of the world was trying to teach the people. And the rest of the world, in the area, especially around Corinth, the people would have been exposed to a lot of, a lot of people who would have been teaching, saying, look, you can find answers through, through knowledge. You need to study. You need to learn. You need to find worldly wisdom and knowledge, and that will give you all the answers and all the fulfillment that you need. 
And so, so Paul would have been competing against uh, the people of Greece in that day and age. If you don't know about Greece, there were, the Greeks worshipped a lot of gods. There were all kind of gods that the Greeks worshipped. And they were very much into wisdom and very much into knowledge. Now, I have no problem with wisdom and knowledge. There's nothing wrong with us studying and being smart. But we need to realize that there's not going to be an ultimate fulfillment that is going to come from worldly wisdom and knowledge. It's okay to, to, to learn things. We should learn things. We should grow in knowledge. But not expecting that to bring us all the fulfillment that we Seek. You see, we see in Acts chapter 17 and 18, when Paul was in that area, he was around Athens, which was very close to Corinth. And Paul was dealing with these people who, was, who were worshiping all these gods, and they were very consumed with wanting to make sure they had enough wisdom. And so Paul uh, was kind of addressing this issue here. He had talked about wisdom and foolishness in the verses before this, and he's kind of reminding the people here. As he goes through at this first part of the book, he's reminding them, hey, don't, don't worry about seeking all this human wisdom. Don't try to find your fulfillment through human wisdom and through human knowledge. He says, here's what I'm coming to tell you about. I'm coming to tell you about Jesus. And that's it, bottom line. He goes on to say in verse 3, I came to you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Now, I don't know exactly what Paul meant there when he says, I came to you in weakness. It could have been that Paul was physically weak. Maybe he was going through some physical things. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he had had some hard times. Maybe he came to them in physical weakness. It could be that Paul is talking spiritually here. Maybe Paul is saying, look, I come to you spiritually weak. He's saying, look, I'm a sinner. I don't stand here and, 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 and bring this message to you because I'm so good. Paul is saying, look, I'm, I'm weak. I don't know which one is true. Perhaps both are true. Maybe he was weak physically and weak spiritually. He goes on to say, in fear and in much trembling. Again, Paul could have been referring to that he was fearful of the people. Perhaps he had heard some things that were going on in Corinth and he was concerned for his safety. Perhaps he wasn't sure if he was going to have a very good reception when he got there and began to speak this truth. Were they going to listen or were they going to give him a hard time? Perhaps he was fearful of the people. Perhaps he was literally trembling because he was not sure how that they were going to take this message that he was bringing them. But I believe, my opinion, I believe that Paul, when he says that he was weak and in fear and trembling, I believe he's talking spiritually here. I believe he's acknowledging that, look, I'm nothing on my own. I, there's nothing special about me, Paul is saying. I'm just a weak and sinful human being. I'm not coming to you because of how good I am, because of how great of a speaker I am, or because of how smart I am. Just the opposite. I come to you, and I'm so weak before you right now. And he says, I come before you in fear and trembling. I think that fear and trembling that he was talking about is a fear of the Lord. Paul goes on to tell the people of Philippi a little later on. He tells them to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. It's a scary thing when we begin to speak the Lord's Word to someone. When we begin to preach the Lord's Word to someone. When we begin to teach the Lord's Word to someone. Because we want to make sure that we are leading people right, that we are not leading people wrong, that there, is, that there is no question about what really matters, that we are sure that we are pointing them to Jesus Christ and that there's nothing else that we're trying to, trying to win them over with anything else. We want to make sure that we do right. Every time I stand up here and preach, I, I understand what Paul's saying because there's a certain amount of fear and trembling. Perhaps some of you have, have taught a class before or some of you have preached before. You know what I'm talking about. It's a scary thing when you begin to stand up and, and preach and teach God's Word. 
And I think that's what Paul was saying here. He says, look, I'm coming to you, and there's some fear here. Paul genuinely feared the Lord. And that's something that's healthy for us Christians to remember, is there should be some genuine fear of the Lord in our life. We need to not forget who God is and where God is. God is way up here, and God is perfect. And we're way down here, and we're sinners. And God doesn't have to love us, but God does love us. God is all-powerful, and we're just, we're just some wretched sinners. And we need to remember who God is and who we are. And that, that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible will say. And when we, when we acknowledge that fear, when we begin to have a healthy fear of the Lord, it really keeps us in check. And Paul was saying here, look, I'm in check. I, I fear the Lord. I want to make sure I do right. I want to preach to you guys for your good. Paul was saying, I'm not trying to bring any attention to myself. It's not about me. It's not about what I know. It's about Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. Verse 4, he said, My speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, that is, human wisdom, but with a powerful demonstration by the Spirit. So Paul again was saying, Look, I'm not just coming to you with, with mere human words, trying to sweet talk you, trying to make you feel good. He's saying, I'm coming to you with the Holy Spirit of God. Because Paul knew that that's where real change is going to come from. Real lasting change in someone's life is not going to come from speaking words that make them feel good. Real lasting change in your life is going to come from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. That's where it's going to come from. It would be so easy to stand up every week and preach happy, just good, happy sermons. Everybody doing good. Everybody loving everybody. Everybody happy, happy, happy. Just encourage, encourage, encourage. That'd make everybody feel good. We would all leave every week just feeling so good, just feeling good, just come, sing happy songs. But that wouldn't really benefit us much in life. Because those feelings would only last for a little while. You see, feelings only last for a little while. Now, no question about it. When we come to the Lord and we're living for the Lord and the Holy Spirit's working in our life, it does bring about a feeling. But the feelings come from the Holy Spirit. It's not the other way around. You see, our life is not changed because we all of a sudden begin to have some good feelings. We also need to hear the hard truths mixed in there with it. And so we preach the encouraging stuff, the good, enough, the, the good stuff, the happy stuff that's in God's Word. It's some great stuff in there. God loves us even though we're sinners. Jesus died for us. God gives us all this encouragement. He continues to, to put up with us through all of our stuff. And that is so good. God is good. But sometimes we need to hear the hard truth. And we don't want to hear the hard truth. I don't want to hear the hard truth. Some of you were here at church Wednesday night, and that was a hard sermon for me to preach because I did not want to hear it. I dreaded that sermon for nine weeks because I knew it was coming and I didn't want to hear it. And man, it was a hard truth for me. But I needed to hear it. And that's how it is for us as Christians. Sometimes the hard truths we don't want to hear, but we need to hear. Sometimes when we hear those hard truths, we are, we are bummed. But instead of feeling bummed, we should feel blessed. We shouldn't say, man, this is hard to hear. I don't want to hear this. This is tough. I don't want to do this. Instead, we should say, thank you, God. We should feel blessed that God is saying, hey, look. Hey, look, I'm pointing out what's wrong in your life. I'm not trying to, to condemn you. I'm not trying to bring you down. Instead, I'm pointing out what's bad in your life so that you can turn from those things. That's what we see in the book of Revelation. 
That's where God is, is pointing out all of these things to the people. Jesus is pointing out all these things. And it sounds pretty harsh, but he finishes up by saying, Look, I'm telling you these harsh and tough things so that you can repent, so that you can turn your life around, so that you can get these things straight. And that's what God's Word is trying to do to each and every one of us. That's what God's Word is trying to do to each and every one of us. And that's what Paul is saying here. I'm not coming to you just telling you good stuff. I'm not coming to you just trying to give you a bunch of fluff to make you feel good, to make you feel happy, to make everything seem all right. He's saying, I'm coming to you to speak truth. And I'm coming to you so that your life can be changed by the Holy Spirit. And that's where true and lasting change is going to come from, through the Holy Spirit. I don't know of any person ever in the world who has ever heard a preacher get up and preach and he was such a good, wonderful preacher and spoke so eloquently and spoke so good and spoke so much truth that they said, hey, I want to be a Christian because he was just such a great speaker and so funny and so engaging. That's not what changes people's lives. We can sit and listen to good and great preachers all of our life, but that's not going to bring a true life change for us. What is going to bring a true life change for us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what's going to bring a change in our lives. And so that's why it doesn't matter how good we speak. If we say, look, I need to tell somebody about Jesus, but I can't speak good enough. I don't know enough scripture. We don't have to, 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 to be the best. We don't have to be the most knowledgeable. We just have to tell them Jesus Christ. And that's pretty simple. We just have to tell them Jesus Christ. We just have to keep it simple. We just have to speak truth. We don't have to speak well. We just have to speak truth. He goes on to say, so that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So that faith is not based on human wisdom, but on God's power, because Paul is saying, look, if you're seeking for answers, if you're trying to find answers and trying to find knowledge in this world that is going to give you the fulfillment and the satisfaction that you need, if you're trying to do that, he's saying you're never going to do that. I don't want to come to you and, and, and just give you knowledge because Paul says that's not going to be good enough for you. He says, I want your life, I want your spiritual life to be based on God's Word. And that's as Christians what we need to remember. We sometimes may fall into the trap of trying to gain more and more knowledge to find answers to our questions. But if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you will see pretty clearly that human knowledge is not the end-all, be-all. The, the, the author of Ecclesiastes says he has found all this knowledge and he's found it to be completely useless. It's of no good. What does it matter to have all the knowledge in the world? Because worldly knowledge can never give us the answers that we want. It can never give us the fulfillment, the satisfaction that we want. We can study and read and read and write books and learn new books, but that will never fulfill us. But the Holy Spirit is what brings that fulfillment. That acknowledgement, when we hear that hard truth and realize, you know what? Whether I want to hear it or not, that's true. I shouldn't live that way. I shouldn't have been that way. I shouldn't have done that way. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And when we acknowledge that truth and ask Jesus into our heart and the Holy Spirit fills us, it changes everything. It changes our heart. It changes our life. And that is what Paul is trying to get the people to remember here. Paul is saying, I'm keeping it simple. I'm just coming to you as a weak, weak, uneducated guy, and I'm just telling you the simple truth. I'm telling you the simple facts. 
And the simple truth is this. We are all broken. We're broken because of our sinfulness. We are broken because of our situations. We, we, we want answers to questions. We don't understand why things have to happen the way they have to happen. We don't understand why this happens and why that happens. And, and, and there's an, a certain emptiness that's there because there's nothing in the world that can fill it. Because in our brokenness, we're just, we just want to be filled. We want to be fixed. And it wasn't supposed to be this way. The world wasn't supposed to be broken. And God said, look, I want to offer you something better. He doesn't say that he's going to make everything better in this world. He doesn't say that it's going to be instantaneous. He doesn't say that all of our problems will be fixed instantly once we accept him, once we uh, acknowledge Jesus Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior. God doesn't say that everything's going to be better instantly. But he's going to give us some satisfaction. He's going to give us some fulfillment that only he can give us. The truth of the matter is we're all broken and you're not going to find fulfillment in anything other than Jesus Christ. And that's the truth of the gospel. And that's the gospel that God calls us to go and preach and teach to other people. That's the good news that God wants us to go and preach and teach to other people. God doesn't want us to come to church just to be entertained. God doesn't want us to come to church just to hear uh, well-put-together sermons with big words and great illustrations. What God wants us to come to church for is to come and hear Him and hear His Word and hear truth that is preached. And so many times we go to church and we say, well, I didn't get anything out of church. Or, I don't like that preacher. Or, I didn't like that song. Or it's too fast. And we leave and we complain about all these ways that our life wasn't changed because we're coming to church for the wrong reason. Because so many times people come to church to be entertained as if church is about you and about me. Here's a hard truth for you. Church is not about you and me. It's about the Lord. We don't come here so that we can be entertained. We come here so that we can worship the Lord, so that we can see what God's Word says to us, so that we can sing praises to Him, so that we can acknowledge that He is in control, that He is the awesome Creator of the heavens and the earth, that He is worthy of our praise just because He is God, and that we are just worthless sinners, but praise the Lord that He loves us. So we come together to worship Him and to give Him glory, and it's not about us. It's not about being entertained. It's about coming and hearing the truth and letting the Spirit work in our lives. And that's what Paul is saying. I didn't come to entertain you guys. I didn't come to, 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 to sweep you off your feet, to, to, to give you a good fu bunch of funny jokes and all these other things. Not that there's anything wrong with preachers that do that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But in the midst of all that, there needs to be truth. And Paul is saying, I'm bringing you the truth. I'm bringing you Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now and we thank you for... Uh, your words this morning and I pray that you would just speak to us I pray that you would help us to be changed by your word dear Lord by your Holy Spirit that sometimes maybe we get caught up in trying to find answers and trying to seek truth in something else some worldly thing dear Lord and we'll never find it God we already know that we're broken God we, we get that we, we experience these things we struggle with sin we struggle with our situations we struggle with all these things that are going on in our life dear Lord God and God, maybe there's some here who are broken and they're searching for answers. They're searching for truth. And God, the simple truth is that they need Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit's the only thing that can, that can change their heart. That Jesus Christ is the only thing that can change their life. And, and nothing that we can do and nothing that we can say is going to change our life except for Jesus Christ. 
So I, I pray, God, that you would help us to, to understand that simple truth, that you would help us to realize that simple truth, dear Lord, that you would help us to know that in our weakness we still can go out and do your work, God, that we don't have to be the smartest, that we don't have to be the best speakers, dear Lord. We just have to know Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. So help us, God, to, to remember that simple truth in our life. Maybe we forgot that. Help us when we tell other people about Jesus Christ to keep it simple. Help us just to, to tell them, look, if you're broken and you're looking for fulfillment, Jesus can give you that. So I pray, God, if there's one here today that needs that, that's looking for that, that they would come to you, that they would seek you, that they would get that from you today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.